What's up? What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Jack of All Trades, a weekly podcast for you to digest where there will always be a special guest. I'm not going to hold you on this Pea Valley review. That's right. We're getting down in the valley, y'all. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hey girl, what's going on? Oh girl, this this episode. Yes. <laughs> Baby. Every week they just gonna keep keep on, huh? Yes. <laughs> Took it up a notch. This was a really good episode. Pea Valley season two, episode four, Demetrius. It's really good. Yeah, it was beyond good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved it. Yes, I was definitely excited to to watch it. Um, I actually watched a couple of episodes of season one this week as well. And, you know, we're rewatched, I should say. And it put so many things like into perspective, like, oh, yeah, or that I forgot about or just really didn't put two and two together, you know, because all of the time that lapsed between season one and season two. But they're doing a really good job of like continuing the story and threading everything through, make connecting the dots, you know? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. All right, let's get right into it. So like you said last week, they they got the playlist on lock. Ooh, like Ooh, baby. <laughs> the music. The gate. Yes. Uh, we open game, up <laughs> yeah we open up with mask off by future girl and... I got me my drug dealing vibes early <laughs> honey okay drop or die yeah. our toxic king <laughs> yes toxic king future um and the girls are going crazy like the pink is is doing well you know they are back getting it in down in Chekalisa and we see the same lady who blew her divorce settlement last season, uh, getting it in. You know, she's she's back having a good time. She is triple masked. Um, she's got on like her, her first layer mask, second layer mask, and a shield. But she is there. But she's in the building. And she's I in- immediately, when I saw her, like the first 10 freaking seconds of the episode, immediately was like oh this lady's still not playing about this divorce settlement like i recognized <laughs> her immediately <laughs> yes yes um we still got big bone djing you know she's having a good time <laughs> i like it you know i'm all about a girl dj <laughs> yes yes and um so the lady with the divorce settlement she actually uh goes with toy aka miss claritin child because she's sneezing all over she goes into a VIP section with her. She's throwing money on her. And then Toy takes off all of her masks and then winds up sneezing on this woman. But the, okay, this woman took her mask off as well. You're right. Because Toy be took clear. off one and then yeah. she took off the second one. She got a little excited. Yeah. And so she took off the, the second mask and then Toy, she got them allergies. So she sneezed right in her mouth, which was super gross. Disgusting. And so she comes running out of that VIP section screaming and she announces herself at the DJ booth, steals the mic from Big Bone and says that she's Lauren Hawkins, you know, with the Department of Health and she's shutting the pink down for not following protocol. What? I wonder, like, was she there for that purpose or did she just get upset because that, you know, she sneezed at her face? And right. I was just like, oh, these these new girls are just breaking all the rules. This younger generation, we were just talking about this. <laughs> they don't want to follow the rules. So they, um, it's like they showing titties on the main stage. They taking off their masks. They mm. fighting. Boom, now the pink clothes. <laughs> right. Turning tricks. Turning yes. tricks, all type of shit. Just yep. doing all type of shit, now the pink clothes. Right. So they shut down for the night and Miss Lauren Hawkins does a full inspection and she lets Autumn and Uncle Clifford know that they need to do a, a full laundry list of things uh, to bring the pink up to code and it has to be done in 24 hours 
um, social distancing, 50% capacity, PPE. Like she says they need to do it all or else they're gonna risk a hefty fine. I think it was initially 20K until they said, uh-uh, baby, we recognize you. We know you was in 25K. here. 25K. $25,000, ridiculous. And they said, uh-uh, not you. That was drunk <laughs> under the table and told us or told some network that you cheated on your husband with his mother. <laughs> Which she did. Yes, yeah, so then she reduces the fine. I think she told, if we go back, I think in season one, she told somebody at the pink, like while she was in there that night drunk. Like, mm-hmm. my husband did this, I did it. I believe that's what happened. Don't get me wrong. Right, it was either that or some type of salacious talk show host or something, but... Yeah. Either way, it was like, girl, we see you and we know you are in here throwing money. So she's like, all right, well, I'll reduce it. She cut it in half, pretty much. And they still had to follow all of her her instructions, if you will. Baby, let's get into Uncle Clifford's hair in that scene. First of all, he, he gives us wigs every time. I don't know who... If they got an arrogant Tay and Chuckalisa, because <laughs> baby, <laughs> it was the pink, the pink finger waves on top, blonde oh, yeah. down in the back. Mm-hmm. I said, baby, Uncle Clifford gonna give it to us every time, okay? Every time. I don't Ooh, know if the I wigs are lined up in the pink, but because there are moments where the wigs flip and you're like, did Uncle Clifford get a chance to go home? Like. <laughs> Girl, because it goes with the outfits, honey, okay? Yes. Uh, so, yes, right? Everybody was, and that's the thing, everybody was definitely back back to the money um, in their full costume, in their full element, and people were having a great time. And you've got Roulette and um, Whisper there. you got this new energy. So people were really throwing money like it was a good night, and... Miss Hawkins said, oh, hell no. Like, you're not going to be giving me diseases. Y'all need to bring this bitch up to code. Mm -hmm. So, as this is all happening, then we also see um, Roulette and Whisper, well, more so Roulette, of course, um, complaining about what's happened with Toy and how she shut down the night before they were able to really get after the bag. Mm -hmm. And one of the other girls calls attention to the fact that somebody has been coming in the pink looking for the girl with the DSLs Mm -hmm. and it must be roulette and she immediately flips out attacks the girl they get into it and uh, Big L has to wind up carrying her out Um, and it's all getting recorded because what does everybody do these days immediately pick up their phone right to go live live. and then got the nerve to have like 10,000 viewers oh my god right so of course like Uncle Clifford is telling whoever that was to you know put the phone down and this ain't the real what he say households of Chuckalisa yes yes right and you know they're gonna give us a quote every time okay? every time every few minutes uh, but Big L has to take Roulette into the back office uh, calm her down and she mentioned she learned how to fight and wrestle from her big brother um and you can tell in that moment that she's probably suffering a loss like she doesn't have her brother around still um but big l tells her that he's going to find her um and you know calls attention to her behavior but she said and he's like you know what did i what were you doing coming out of you know somebody's car on the late night the other night and she's like well what was you and the you know Gidget's boyfriend the white dude doing in the back Uh, Eminem yes that's what she called him (laughs) Lord I'm never gonna get his name because nobody is calling him by his name but but um you know he just lets her know like don't get finessed in this game like you need to be the finesser don't don't get finessed and I think that was his nice way of saying you know don't go out bad you know don't start turning tricks and not be in control of your situation because now you think you're stripping in here but you're hoeing in the streets and you're you're not really kind of in control of your, your oh, situation she finessing all right because she's gonna finesse get his boyfriend that's her she got her eyes on him baby yeah 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 i don't like it i don't like her character 
I don't like it. <laughs> All right, she's playing. She's playing a character. Yeah. She's acting her ass off because I do not like who this character mm. is. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, you know, we still stuck on her previous character. You know, right. from Snowfall, she played a crackhead, but she's turning herself around. And I'm like, now you in here turning tricks. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> so, <laughs> she's playing her character because I, I don't like it. It's, I don't trust her. I don't know what's to her, but I'm not mm-hmm. feeling it on, at, at the pink. Yeah. Yeah, I think that she's more of the lost girl. And I think that Whisper is... I think that whisper is an op. I think that you whisper, know, yeah, she's there for a reason. On it, yeah, I can't put my. You know, I'm trying to get her the benefit of the doubt because I think she's cute or whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's giving op vibes too. Because if you friends with roulette, like girl, what are you about to? So right, agree, agree. Yeah. So word is spreading though that the pink is shut down and they actually have Hazel and Geronda from Bella Noche. Yes, girl. <laughs> on the news saying, you know, if we can't go to the pink, where can we go? Um, and Mercedes sees this uh this news segment and um she sees that uh, her mother, Patrice Woodbine, is running for mayor of Chuckalisa. And of course, that upsets her. And uh, then she receives a text to meet Coach back at the condo to finish the experience. Which I was, I was like, yes, yes. Okay, so then we're back to the Dirty Dozen tour. Um, they're on a bit of a break. Uh, we see Miss Mississippi going live because, you know, she loves her audience. Uh, she actually calls her fans sippy cups. I she think said, it's cute. At first I was like, bitch, what? And then I was like, you know what? It's kind of cute. What's up, my sippy cups? And like, what are the odds of all these people having this fan base and they're out of Mississippi? Like, we see IG girls all the time, but they're usually from Atlanta, New mm-hmm. York, Chicago, all of that, but not Mississippi. Like, I don't know any famous IG girls. From right, <laughs> right. Not that stayed there, you know. They yeah. they definitely went to Atlanta or LA the first chance they got. Absolutely. But she is, I mean, for the most part, right? But she's still homegrown, and she's got her lash deal, so she is showing off the latest uh, promo that's outside of the beauty supply store, and also pubs the next performance. They're headed to Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Um, I do appreciate a smaller moment um, where she calls attention to the fact that they have really lightened her up on that banner. Because what do I keep... I said that I think the last uh, episode, I said she's so brown and beautiful. I like that she's Mm -hmm. brown, you know, and yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, and of course, you know, her manager is like, oh no, that's just the lighting, right? And Now, he's an op. He's giving me help. Yep. He's giving me coke, coke pimp. I don't know, but I'm not feeling yes. it. Yes, yes, it's giving Ike. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we see lo- we see little murder though, um, and of course his guys, and they're on a break. So they he's like, well, where's my endorsements? Right? Where's my sponsorship deals? And you know, his guy is just like, you're fine. We're gonna get you on from a music tip. Um, we also see that Gidget is back. Uh, she has joined the the Dirty Dozen crew and she is going to roll out with them to their next show. Um, but what is kind of happening in the background of all of this is there has been yet another police shooting, which I'm pretty sure they kind of lined up with when George Floyd was murdered. Mm-hmm. So just kind of bringing that same element of what was happening in the real world at the, the beginning of the pandemic into the show. And Lil Teak is very emotional about the situation. Um, he is, he's watching all of the footage he can. He wants to hear all of the news clips. Um, mm-hmm. And he's just not taking it well. Once again, um, there's some PTSD from being yeah. in prison. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and Gidget is still trying to turn up, turn up, turn up. And like, 
she getting on people's nerves just being a white girl right yeah it's not her her white girl energy is not going over well so so we see them head over or, or head off to Birmingham um, and then we shoot back to the pink where we see Autumn is still squatting in there um, it's still haunted as hell Montavious's ghost is still floating around there and ready to pounce on her at any minute uh, but Corbin stops by and he's still trying to push this deal um, to to sell or to, to purchase the pink uh, for less than a million dollars uh, but we we finally see him willing to offer her one million dollars says it's his final offer and she of course still turns it down because she says if you're willing to offer me a million I know it's worth so much more uh-huh. and I, I I have to call out how I watched again how I watched a couple of episodes from season one and one of them actually was the one where she stole all of the documents from Andre's computer and showed the layout of how much land was waterfront and the different properties that um, his his company and the, the person that was trying to build the casino was trying to acquire. And one of them was uh, Kyle property, right? So uh, I think all the brothers, Corbin and Wayne and the other brothers own that property. And it was worth six million. Uh. And the pink is sitting on property that's sitting even closer to the Mississippi River. Uh. So, so to she me, knows. She yeah. knows, right? And it's like, duh, it makes so much more sense. And so she's like, if their property that's not even as close to the water is worth six million, then this gotta be worth ten. Yeah. So I'm like, you better know your shit, bitch. So <laughs> And she do. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, And Corbin tells her that Andre has actually gone back to ATL for personal business because he's essentially wanting to go home and talk to his wife about running for mayor of Chuckalisa. Well, we see Andre get back home to his uh, Atlanta neighborhood. It was so funny when he pulled up. I'm like, "Mm, that show looked like Atlanta. (laughs) (laughs) And... So he walks into the house, hears his wife moaning, runs upstairs, and finds her sucking another man's dick in their bedroom. So (laughs) he starts choking this man out, and she's yelling, you know, let him go, let him go, Andre. And stop, you're choking him. Right? It's just like, damn, like, whose side are you on, girl? And Dante. (laughs) Right, right. We figure out this is Dante, a fellow doctor, and apparently someone her family wanted her to marry. So, you know, they're yelling and screaming and going back and forth, and you can tell she's just caught up. Because what's the first thing she's gonna ask him? Where's your Where's your mask, Andre? Said, girl, girl, you ain't had your mask on while you was going <laughs> suck dick through a mask around this girl. <laughs> That's why I am not a man. <laughs> what, girl? Right? Because he threw a vase and I probably would have done the same. Like, you really got me yeah. fucked up. Um, and then they have a conversation, right, about how this Dante character has always been kind of a, a threat in the background. Her family liked him more than a gutter nigga from the Delta, as, as Andre put it. Um, and he would have been able to provide better and and help her buy this house that they live in because we're realizing like regardless of what Andre might seem like he has going on his wife is literally a doctor and is more likely the breadwinner or at least the person bringing in the consistent money in their home especially now that they're into the pandemic yes and and I, I think the parents might have helped with the house or something too because he said that that mm-hmm. the parents throw it in his face every chance they get because she's like this show house too and he was like no it's not he was like your parents make sure they remind me of that every chance they get yep, yep. which would be so, a total problem if i was yeah. anybody's husband right and so <laughs> the next he mentions that you know he basically came back to ask her permission to run for mayor of chuckalisa and she laughs so it kind of makes you think like what is y'all situation because 
you might make it seem like you love him and that you want the, the relationship to work out but you've got this other guy that's a doctor that clearly has become your uh your shoulder to, to lean on during these hard times and your family wanted you to be with him and you laugh at your husband's goals and dreams or even the ideas that he's thinking about she tells him you won't win Tell you know so it's like that mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like well i mean maybe it is time for y'all to reevaluate uh what y'all have going on so i don't know i i think that when i when that scene happened i'm like okay i guess they have been looking for a way to make it be okay when he finally has sex with with Haley or all night yeah they they both been looking for an out yeah sense. yeah so so yeah so that happened um and oh yeah that was the other thing too she just doesn't understand why he keeps pursuing all of this because she's like well my dad offered you a job and you yeah. turned it down and it's like do you not realize that in so many ways like it sounds like you are emasculating him you know trying to put him in in a place where he just doesn't want to be and it just seems like the pandemic has blown up their spot like their relationship hasn't been in a good place so agreed because then when he gets fast forward when he gets when he tells autumn night that he wants to run it was a whole different response Mm-hmm. So it was like, yeah, he gonna fuck her. <laughs> right. But right. I don't think she wanna fuck him now. We'll get to that. Right. I don't know. I don't know if she ever did. But anywho, okay, so Mercedes is back at the condo and she gets there. She's ready. You know, she walks in, she's got her outfit on, she is ready to hop on the pole, not waste any time. And then we see her run into Farah. And she gets a little shy and she's like, oh, you know, my bad. And Farrah acts like she's about to leave. Um, but she talks to Mercedes a little bit. Um, Mercedes tells her about why she was in such a hurry to leave the other night. Uh, she tells her about Terica. And Farrah's like, oh, so you're a super mom. And she's like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be. Um, and then Mercedes kind of walks back over to the pole and you know just starts to practice because she thinks that coach is coming at some point mm-hmm. and Farah starts to take pictures mm-hmm. um Mercedes mentions the NDA that they had with her like no public appearances uh no photographs and she's like oh no we're just having fun so you know they're like all right and, and she starts to get into it even more um from there we head back to the pink because they got to bring that shit up to code. So we see Uncle Clifford has brought Grandma Ernestine to the pink for lunch. Uh, Uncle Clifford uh, definitely got her delivery of Ivy Park, honey. Really? I didn't notice that. Oh, yes. Uncle Clifford was decked out in Ivy Park almost the whole episode. The denim with the stripes, the mask. Mm Mm-hmm. That was all Ivy Park. So... (laughs) Beast in them boxes, okay. Yes. Um, We see Gidget's ex rolls up and he brings five African immigrants to help with the PPE. And then we see Toy come back. And of course, Uncle Clifford at first is like, girl, what are you doing here? But she has rallied the troops. And Diamond also shows up um, to help bring the pink up to code. They essentially have a, a group chat or a text thread and Uncle Clifford sent out an SOS and anybody that saw it was able to kind of come over to the pink to help bring things up to code in the next 24 hours. So they got a crew ready to work. Uh, Then we see the Dirty Dozen tour is stuck in traffic on the way to Birmingham because uh, protests surrounding the latest uh, police shooting uh, are starting to pick up. And while they're sitting in the car, they hear DJ Never Scared on the radio. Yes. And so they give him a call. And what's his real name? Daquan. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, he tells Lil Murda uh, that he needs a feature from him. So his his manager guy says, yeah, you'll get it from him. And we continue to see Lil Teak is just on edge, like not feeling anything that's happening. Um, just very upset. A lot of emotions coming off of him. And then uh, they hear that there's a curfew in the city of Birmingham. Um, I think everybody has to be in at like 8 p.m. or something. So they can't do their show, but they decide they're going to party at the suite. So then we head back to Farah and Mercedes. She's taking hella pictures. They're enjoying themselves. Um, she tells Mercedes that she wishes she could work a pole. And Mercedes tries to help her do it a little bit. But, you know, first timer doesn't quite work out. And they she falls down and you know they're giggling having a good time you can tell they're starting to just establish a rapport and pharaoh's like oh i wanted to hate you so bad but that's not how things are going and you know mercedes is trying to help her learn how to twerk and she says uh a few things that mercedes really didn't appreciate i can't remember what she said she said, what do you mean? Because she said something like, I can't believe. Because first Mercedes oh, yeah. told her, like, if you get that stick out your ass to, mm-hmm. uh, so that she could twerk. And uh, it ca- it was a little shady. Yeah. And then uh, Coach's wife told her, was her name Farrah? Yeah. Farrah told her, like, because I guess she kind of was like, I wanted to hate you, but I guess I'm, I'm only end up hating myself. Yes. And she was like, I guess she cried or something. She was like, I can't believe I'm crying in front of a stripper. Like, yes. so y'all gonna sit here and throw shade back and forth to each other <laughs> and then y'all end up fucking. Like, right. Because she's like, like who's the one bond- naked? Exactly. Like, they went from bonding to being shady to having sex. Yes. And then Farrah finally, admit- finally admits that she sent the text message to Mercedes. It wasn't coach. Which I and- figured. Right after all that time, they sitting there and she's like, he's flying out. He's not flying in. And they eventually just start kissing and then start going at it. So, yeah, tons of tension. But she says she's never met. Farrah tells Mercedes she's never met a woman that could hold her own in the way that Mercedes does. And it's clearly a turn on to her. And your husband. Right. Now you get why your husband checking for her. So... Um, so they get it in and then we are back at the pink they're watching the news and I'm wondering if uh, Grandma Ernestine can see a little bit because she starts talking about her surroundings and one of the the immigrants uh, <laughs> yeah that's what I was like ma'am <laughs> like wow. you just have low vision or are you really blind like what's going on right. <laughs> uh, the girls are gossiping about Diamond and and one of them talking about how she be at home getting off to him. I'm like, girl. Or oh, she like, does she, no, she picture him while she's having sex with her husband. Yes. Married. Yes. Girl. I'm like, girl, I wouldn't tell everybody at work that, but um, what's her name? Big Bone is kind of <laughs> listening from afar to everything that the girls are saying about him. Um, and then we do cut to Diamond. He is in the red room and just as suspected because he practices voodoo, voodoo. Um, he senses the spirit of Montavious in that room. Mm-hmm. Um, visualizes or sees, you know, kind of a hand coming through a puddle of water. Like he's really uh, thrown off by the energy. Um, so Big L tells him, you know, come on, let's get back to work. We shoot back to the news and we see Mayor Kyle is instating a curfew in Chuckalisa as well uh, with all of the civil unrest that's unfolding. And it's telling everybody they have to be at home by 8 p.m. or there's a $500 fine. Uh-huh. So Uncle Clifford offers for everybody to stay at the pink, you know, if they're not going to be able to safely get back home. And then we also see Roulette uh, getting pretty upset. They cut to Pastor Woodbine 
uh, speaking to uh, folks in the community about their anger and telling them, you know, basically to to not take to the streets. Um, but she's really emotional about it and kind of runs off a little bit. So we see Andre comes right on back to check Elisa. Oh, and come, honey, yes. <laughs> and comes straight to the pink, okay? I don't, he just, I don't think he cares if it's really open for business or not. He just shows up at the pink. And we see Roulette and Eminem, Gidget's boyfriend, uh, they continue to connect because he sees her um, off in one of the other rooms uh, upset about what's happening and she tells him about how her brother uh, was killed by an officer a few years back and he asked what his name was and um, his name is the title of the episode Demetrius um, mm-hmm. she's calling Michi and shows her tattoo and like you said we continue to see them bond which is like hmm where's this going yeah that part because i was like why what why did he ask his name like i don't know he likes her but i don't know they might be using each other i don't trust nobody everybody's a scammer at the pink (laughs) yeah i mean part of me thinks a couple of these guys right him and and others they seem to you know really fall for some of these girls in the in the club and I also think there was that alternative kind of um, goal to make sure that we're humanizing people and saying their names, especially when they were um, unjustly killed. Mm-hmm. So kind of felt like that uh, because I can see where, you know, P-Valley has some underlying um, so- social and, and like political commentary type of vibes. Like they're not leaving anything out. They want you to know that they are aware of what's happening in the real world as they bring these scenes together. So, so there's that though. Um, and then we go back to uh, Big L having a conversation with Diamond, asking if he's coming back to the pink full time. And he's like, oh, uh, that's not happening. And suggests a big, suggest to Big L that, you know, if you can, you need to get out of here too. Mm-hmm. But, Um, Big L talks about how he earned um, a degree or a certification when he was locked up. Uh, But when he he got out, Uncle Clifford was the only person that would hire him. So as long as the pink is still standing, then that's where he will be. Um, And I thought that was kind of interesting too, just to think about how much it takes some outcast, if you will, from the typical society to come together to keep each other afloat, right? Like Uncle Clifford is a queer person, right? I don't know mm-hmm. if Uncle Clifford identifies fully as a trans woman. We know there's some she, mm-hmm. her pronouns there, but a queer person in Mississippi, we already know how that's going down. And then Big L, you know, somebody with a record, all of the girls working at the pink, it's you got a group of people that have been outcast by a majority of the rest of society who are relying on each other to survive. So kind of makes sense, you know, why Big L at least is like, I, I'm not leaving here for no reason. Yeah, um, his loyalty is with Uncle Clifford, period. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we see him fade away, this is the moment where we see Diamond and Big Bone um, have their first encounter. So Diamond kind of kind of goes over to her. He's a uh, drawn over to her because of her her bike or whatever that was she was riding. And they have a little bit of conversation, and she lets him know, you know, if you want to ride with me, you can. And she's she's into him, and he seems to be into her. And and then it, it kind of clicked for me. I'm like, Diamond is another one, kind of like Eminem that seems to have a soft spot for these girls in the club. Yeah. But you know what? On a reality, no, I'm not feeling them too. Like, it's given his real life person got her a job on the show. Mm. Hmm. That's, uh, this is what I got. Um, I, I thought wonder... they met on the set though. No, that's just the vibe I get. I don't know. 
But it was, it, yeah. But then it's given like what's gonna be her role. Like I'm, I'm not excited, but like mm-hmm. just interested to see like where is this gonna go. Like some videos that I've seen suggested that maybe um, her in Mississippi might have a little meetup um. later in the future. We that would be interesting. Hmm. I don't know, right? I mean, Diamond moves on, <laughs> right? Right, yeah, and you but feel then it's like, way. but it's like, how can you feel away? You know? Oh, you cannot. Oh, girl, people do it all the time. You're right. You're right. But, people be yeah. they had imaginary relationships and be so mad when somebody moves mm-hmm. on every time, baby. <laughs> every time. So, so we've got that going on. Lots of people kind of connecting on this episode. You know? Yeah. Lots mm-hmm. of connections happening. So that was another one of them. Um, but then we go back to the condo. So, you know, Farrah wore Mercedes out. She in the bed getting a nap in. Girl, knocked out and woke up to some money, honey. That was my type of party, okay? Yes. I like, I said, baby, you better wake up to some racks. Right. <laughs> uh, but she also wakes up to text messages about her mom's emotional speech on the news. And she uh, sees the text message that was essentially the SOS to help bring the pink up to code. So she's got that money on the dresser and she grabs that and she heads right over to the pink. So then we uh, shoot over to the suite that the Dirty Dozen gang is chilling in. And at this point, you know, Teak is watching the news and he's he's got a short fuse and he loses it everybody's trying to have a good time uh miss mississippi's manager continues to use uh that white girl uh just like you said it's something about him that's he's 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 using and he's also trying to make it seem like he is in control and that he's got a a handle on her career and and what he's bringing to life for her Mm -hmm. but he also is um he's a little frivolous right with his commentary and and his feedback for little teak and and tells little murder like you need to get that nigga under control you know he's he's just that guy um but little teak loses it once um that manager turns the news off and while he has his outburst um he really he does not see it for Gidget like we said you know the the white girl turn up energy he's not feeling it and she's like I'm not scared of you and he's going off and we see Miss Mississippi really shut down and you can see like PTSD right yeah being at home shit yes a man yelling and losing control. It was like she cowered. The smallest thing sets them all. Yes. And you know what? So her manager noticed that. Yes. I didn't like it. See this? I don't like that nigga. <laughs> yes. He noticed it and kind of rightfully so. He wanted to, to take steps to protect her. But quote. Yeah. Right. But again, quotes. right. We know there's a little bit more behind that. But he noticed it. And little Teak storms away. Um, shooting back to the pink, some of the girls are settling in for the night. And this is when Uncle Clifford realizes that Autumn, excuse me, has it's been staying sad. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they find some of her clothes and stuff. And it's like, oh, okay, I thought she was staying with a friend. It was like, nope, she's right there in the pink. Um, so then we go back to um, Birmingham or the, the suite and the hotel and Lil Teak is back in the room and he is just really riled up, you know, and uh, he goes into the bathroom uh, to use the, the bathroom and, and Lil Murder is actually trying to lay down a track to stand he over to DJ that. and have a scare. He knew that. He heard Lil Murder in there laying down the track in the bathtub. He heard him and went in there to use the bathroom on purpose. Mm-hmm. Jail shit. 
jail shit. Listen to Auntie Simone here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it was given very much bottom bunk, okay? Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because then, of course, Lil Murda whips back the curtain, like, what are you doing? And then he, he gives a long gaze to Lil Teak while he's pissing, and that's when we know exactly what time it is. We had been suspecting it, but it's like, all right, here we go. Um, and Lil Teak, like I keep saying, he's very affected by everything that's happening, and he has a very um sensitive, you know, kind of perspective on the black experience, mm-hmm. especially in this American society. And he's like, the world don't want no nigga. And, you know, talks about it just really doesn't matter who you are or what your intentions might be. It just seems like there's nothing that a black man can do to be accepted in this world. Mm-hmm. And we see Lil Murda starts to kind of calm him down and comfort him kind of by rubbing his head and you know he lets him know like but but you you're gonna be somebody you're gonna be that nigga and he tells him he's proud of him and you know we really start to see like all right like this is their relationship dynamic Lil Teak is the sensitive one and he really admires Lil Murda and Lil Murda is able to be the one that comforts him and kind of lifts his spirits you know that's his man that's why they know each other yeah that's his man he knows how to just like you know you you would know how to calm your man down like nobody mm-hmm. in the world would know how to calm him down but you and yep. baby la murder gave that head rub i was like mm-hmm. you better massage that scalp that forehead kiss yeah and like, it's on baby it's on so from there, you know, it's giving moonlight, as Baby, we say. Baby, murder has sex scenes, okay? <laughs> and what I kind of felt a little way about, like, Mercedes and Farrah scene was, it, it wasn't given like that, okay? It gave a little no. bit, and it was short, but Lil Murder, his scenes are always very detailed. They are, they are longer, and I was like, woo, baby. I was like, okay. There's just a, has the scenes, baby. Yeah, there's a lot of passion. This one, I think, even more so. It wasn't just this. Clifford. Yeah, right. Like even yeah. Uncle Clifford's scene, it felt a little bit more hasty because that was another episode that I watched this week. Like when they first had their first uh, interaction, and it's always it was, a, was it episode season one, episode four? I think is when they had their first interaction, and yes. now season two, episode four. Is this one. Okay. Right? Yeah, but this one, like we said, like we're learning, they have such a deep connection and they have history and they have a developed relationship. And, you know, this was all the buzz on the internet, on the Twitters this past week. And, you know, I don't, I don't put it past a lot of these straight dudes to make an issue out of it. But I did find it pretty funny that they were like, oh, P-Valley doing too much. And it's like literally 15 minutes before this scene, there were two women having sex. So right. So you don't take issue with that. And even last season, like you said, episode four, not deep into the series, not deep into the season we had a scene. But somehow y'all made it all the way to season two, episode four, and you see this happen. Still watching. And now it's like, oh, they going too far. And I I don't expect everybody to be in the same place when it comes to accepting homosexuality, accepting how it's portrayed on TV or anything like that. I'm trying to give people the opportunity to grow and go at their own pace. But it's just like for y'all to protest or even try to call the actor gay because he's willing to he be plays in these scenes. Gay roles. Yeah. Like Girl, at the some ignorance. Point, right. It's just like it's kind of annoying. And 
it's like every time we try to give because these people ex- these types of people exist in real life there are plenty of dudes walking around that dress and look like Lil Murda and Lil Teak that at the end of the day are, are gay they like As people fuck. right <laughs> <laughs> And it's so. And I they think, have they some of y'all. They some of these boyfriends. Hello, they got girlfriends. They got wives, honey. They're mm-hmm. getting very out, out audacious with it. Like, I mean, I have a lot of male gay friends. So I have the mm-hmm. stories of the down lows and baby, it's rough out here. Like, I mean. <laughs> Men are out of town with their families getting separate hotel rooms so that they can do their thing and then go back like what? Mm. Yeah. Because you have the little teaks and the little murders of the world and nobody will allow them to live in their truth because they think that they should be with Miss Mississippi, right? And instead of allowing them to be rappers or artists, or be hardcore guys or whatever they want to be, they make it to where they should feel a level of shame about it. So they move in the shadows. They are like Lil Teak. Of course, I'm sure that impacts and contributes to how he feels even in this moment. Like when he says the world don't want no nigga, he didn't say outright, but we can tell he definitely meant the world don't want a gay nigga. So... You know, it's but just you, like. But you know what? That girl. First of all, I like that little murder strapped up every sex scene, honey. There's a condom. Present. Yes, you're right about that. So, and then Latique, girl, nigga. I never even did that. Like, I had to. <laughs> how you do that? <laughs> and that's the yeah. thing, right? Mm, who knows? Yeah. They might have. But that's the thing, right? We gotta let tough niggas be bottoms. Because everybody gotta be the bottom, right? Right. Because every time we deny who a person can be, it drives them further into the shadows. It drives more shame. And in this case, it seems to really drive his anger and resentment. But you know what? I felt like too, nigga, you was doing all this, all this bugging up and acting crazy because you wanted some dick. And I you wanted I some dick. There. <laughs> I understood at that point. Like, I get it. I didn't get it. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. I get it. And I was like, yeah, there you go, brother. So mm-hmm. the murder knew it. Like, nigga, I know what you want. Come on. We ain't did it. You yes. been out. We had a chance to do nothing, you know. All of this, it's been a, it's been a lot. You get what I'm yeah. saying? And we we say this with love after lockup, like the expectations that's on people when they first get out, mm-hmm. and then he mm-hmm. gets out, he gets picked up, and immediately they on the road. That's another right. thing. They didn't go to the house first. He didn't get a home cooked meal. He didn't get none of that. It's like we out and we on the road, and it's groupies, and we doing shows, and it's Miss Mississippi, and now he want to know, nigga, who the fuck is Clifford? Oh, my goodness. Yes. So we're going to get there. But also, I wanted to bring up from season one. So the guy I keep calling gang gang in the blue and gold. He was the initial guy that Lil Murder was hanging out with and going to the pink. And he was there when Uncle Clifford got them all into the club and he realized essentially how Lil Murder was able to, you know, get access, you know, so quickly. And he, they were sitting there going back and forth and he mentioned something to him like, you know, basically all the streets are saying, you know, that they know about you. And they fought in the pink. And Lil Murder told him, you're dead to me. You know, cause of course he's basically saying like, you're exposed. Is that what sent the pink up? Him fighting him over that? No, that was... Okay. Yeah, that was before murder night. But that was um, the night that was supposed to be Mercedes' last dance. 
Okay. And Mercedes had left to go meet up with Patrice Woodbine and they were waiting on her to perform. But of course she was gone. And just before uh, Miss Mississippi came out and kind of did the big dance of the night, they had the fight, they got kicked out and Lil Murder was still hanging around and he heard DJ Never Scared drop his song over love and Miss Mississippi danced to that and had a great performance and that was her her moment when she realized that she loved the spotlight. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, gang then, gang. He what, knew. The, the guy that oh, that's why he was mean mugging in that back seat. Yes. Yes. That's why when they pulled up at the house, that's why Lil Murder grabbed first thing first, grabbed that gun. Like they yes. don't bullshit because they had that fight. Okay, okay. So it was it was mm-hmm. shade. But right. then um what's his the guy that the funeral home guy? I can't figure that's his it. name out. That's his so manager. Was he with them the whole time too back then? And he's just the only one that didn't change on Lil Murder? Yes. Yes. Okay. He was around uh, back then too. Shade in this episode, he called him Uncle Murder. I was like, oh, he's so shady. He did. He did. It was it was low key. I caught it. Ooh. Super shady. <laughs> so shady. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, right? So to wrap all of that up, I just thought it was interesting. The commentary, right? How that scene turned into a thing, right? It kind of prompted a lot of debate online and I'm like oh <laughs> but guess what y'all are tuned in so shout out to Jay Alphonse right yeah, yeah and uh, what I love about Jay Alphonse I don't remember his last name off the top of my head but Lil Murda the actor you know he is he is proud to be an actor he is proud that y'all are watching and guess mm-hmm. who's the first person commenting on his stuff his wife And guess who's the first person he's responding to? His wife. So, and honestly, even if he, right? (laughs) Even if he was gay in real life, whatever. But for y'all to try to put that on him as if an actor cannot play a role without having a real life because the rest of y'all, you know, or so many people are homophobic and just wouldn't go anywhere near it. That's on y'all. But this, this man is out here making money. So... You know, it was a lot of comments about um, Farrah's body as well. Like, yeah, calling her titties hard. Strong, yes. I'm like, geez, okay, y'all, damn. Right, because I don't, you know, and I probably get a little bit more sensitive than I should, but again, right, like last week I described Farrah as like Keisha from Belly. So we're talking Mm -hmm. about a dark skinned woman she's in great shape she has body sure she might have you know some some tits that have had a little little touch up but no I don't like the idea of anybody coming at her because let's be real like she is portraying what probably a woman that's supposed to be in her 40s who has probably kept her look together for many years for this high profile husband Mm -hmm. and all she got is some titties like come on yeah, but you know, and every- they're probably new. When you first get them, they hard. In about six months, they gonna be hard. They gonna drop. They gonna be cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Leave that lady alone. Yes, right. If you watching, enjoy watching and enjoy. But I don't don't hate watch it. And if you gonna decide you're not watching it no more, then that's fine. But I. I bet cash money a lot of these people talk shit and they're going to be tuned right back in on Sunday. Oh, next so. week, yes. You know, it's crazy because they were talking about her titties and this lady at work, girl, an older lady, not that much older, probably in her 40s, right? Mm-hmm. Mary, whatever. She had lost a lot of weight. I know she had the weight loss surgery. I don't talk to okay. her like that, though, okay? Let's mm-hmm. go here. We don't, hey, girl, that's about it. And you know, I'm very moody, so that's when I fucking feel like it. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, we've been working overtime a lot together so mm-hmm. we did both our off days Saturday and Sunday so Monday she was staying for the next shift and I was like damn girl you making me look lazy I'm gonna go home and you staying again I'm tired you know Yeah. so she girl caught me off 
these fuck guard. She said, look, come August 5th, these 40 longs about to be sitting up. You know I'm slow. Oh. You know I'm slow. I didn't get it. I was like, oh, okay, see you later, girl. Then I got, like, I'm almost out to, like, <laughs> I turned around, I said, and you ain't wrong, pop your shit. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. Okay. I was like, well, damn. Okay. So look, and when it comes to women and their bodies, like we go through enough. And whatever you got, you want to do to make you feel better about what you see when you look in the mirror or not do, you know, if you comfortable, yeah. like this is, this is what it is. It's here. So pump your shit. So like, that's just where I'm at with it. Right. Agreed. Agreed. I want you all to be safe, hundred percent. But right, I I certainly believe in choice, and we'll leave it at that without getting any deeper into choice, any okay? right. Yeah. Don't be mad. Right. <laughs> all right. Let's finish. Let's wrap it up. Okay. Let's keep going. So, okay. So after the explosive scene with Little Teak in the suite, Keyshawn decides it's best to send Gidget back to Nashville uh, right especially with everything going on and she does make a good point to her manager you know like white people you can't talk to about everything and this was definitely one of those moments where emotions were running high because once again black people are finding themselves in the same situation and she just want to turn up yeah so she sends her back we see uh, Keyshawn talking to her manager And this is where he does tell her that he could see how scared she was. And he says that he's going to make Lil Murder fire Lil Teak. And she's like, oh, no, it's not that serious. He's like, nope, that's what I'm going to do. And this is where Lil Murder's manager can hear from the shadows. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like, you know, like we said, he's been around, so he knows a uh, little bit about what's going on with Lil Murda and I don't and know Teak, what his right? angle is I'm not sure if he knows about Lil Teak cause didn't I, he say I thought that was a one time thing I don't know yeah I don't yeah. know what he, he knows it'll be interesting to see if they put him in a position to share more whether that's exposing Lil mm-hmm. Murda in a way or betraying him you know mm-hmm. But he always kind of seems to be waiting in the wind and pick up on little things. And we always mm-hmm. see him like acknowledging like what's happening around him. So mm-hmm. um, then from there, though, we go to Andre and Autumn uh, talking about him running for mayor and her holding out on the deal. And like we mentioned earlier, uh, she hears that he's running for mayor and she doesn't respond to him the same way that his wife does. She doesn't laugh at him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really them just kind of talking about what their aspirations are and um, she's she's still willing to sell and she just wants to hold out for more money and uh, she's a businesswoman that knows the value of what she has. So I think at that point he's like, okay, well, it's not like she is is on board with the pink never going away. She's just holding out for a certain amount of money. And it, it seems like that kind of brings them to an understanding. But Uncle Clifford actually uh, overhears all of this. And Mercedes comes in and he or Uncle Clifford shushes Mercedes. And um, they kind of hear the end of the conversation. And then Uncle Clifford rushes out there and blasts her and and calls uh, Andre a bootleg Obama. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) A fool. Yes. Um, And Uncle Clifford also blasts Autumn for living in the club. And um, Mercedes realizes everything that's happening and says, you know, I thought you were staying with a friend. And Uncle Clifford is like, she ain't staying with nobody. She's standing here. And Mercedes tells her that Martavius was right. He said, you're an easy bitch to love, but an easier bitch to hate. Mm-hmm. And the club is still not up to code at this point. So 
they still got more work to do. Still got to work together. (laughs) Right, right. Still got to work together. So um, a few scenes, the scenes get get shorter and faster towards the end of the episodes, I've noticed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're giving us, it's like they give us this sex scene, honey, that is a little lengthy. And then it is, it's rushed. It's like boom, 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 boom after that. And we like, well, wait a minute. Right. <laughs> right. Because at this point, now we're back at the hotel and Lil Teak finds a postcard addressed to Cliff. And Lil Murder wakes up and he asks, who the fuck is Cliff? And it's like, oh, shit. Nigga, I've been locked up. You ain't write me none of that shit. You been sending this nigga postcards. <laughs> right and it's like oh shit so he gathers his thing to get out quickly and get back to the hearse um we see that mayor tydell has left his house to andre because his most recent family right the the wife slash secretary that he had and the baby and the younger sons are all getting their stuff out and now andre has a local address so he immediately calls corbin and says i have an, uh, an hq for my for my candidacy mm-hmm. so they got a campaign headquarters so they're going to start using that house and the protest wait continue. the wife was the secretary mm-hmm yep that used to work at the pink yeah oh yeah oh right oh. yeah okay she had an interesting come up in chuckalisa okay you ain't wrong shit right fuck the mayor you ain't wrong and then we see that the protests are continuing and so they're still stuck in traffic you know trying to get to the next place and Lil Murda gets a text from Uncle Clifford Uncle Clifford is actually being responsive now Mm -hmm. and and says that you know it seems like the world's on fire and asks if Lil Murda is okay Mm -hmm. um and now Lil Murda really is in a dilemma because Uncle Clifford is being responsive after you've sent her all these damn postcards and trying to, you know, re- rekindle the relationship. But now you don't fucked on Lil Teak. And Lil Teak want to know who the fuck is Clifford. Right. And Lil Teak is crazy. Lil Teak is clearly crazy, okay? Um, and then oh, we see Miami shit. I'm hanging out the airplane about the dick, okay? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And we see that the city that they're driving towards, uh, I mean on fire is a little bit of a an exaggeration, but we see there's a there's protests happening, there's a lot of smoke, there's a lot of activity that must be happening, you know, closer to the center of the city. Um and uh, they actually do a bit of a memorial uh, for everybody that was lost yes. in the past couple of years uh, because yeah I mean a million people you know the past couple of years 400,000 I think in that first year of, of the pandemic so I mean you're bound to see 50, 60, maybe 100 names um, on a screen of folks that, that were that personally right people personally were affected by the pandemic that work on the show so Mm -hmm. so that's how we close out the episode and then next week um i saw through that uh preview a a big focus on miss mississippi being at a crossroads with continuing her fame and having opportunities from this ike turner type manager that she has and going back home to be with Derek. and it, it feels bad because or I feel bad for her because it seems like no matter what she does, she's gonna be around another controlling, manipulative man that is dictating what she can and cannot do in her life. And to be honest, I want them to, I'm tired of that from her role. Like I want her to get her power back. I want her to overcome that. Like I want them to, and I hope that's it later in the season. I feel like it is, though. I feel like it is. I feel like we're not going to, because I'm tired of this, you know, not woe is me, but I'm tired of this Mississippi. You know, I want her to get, stand up, shit. (laughs) Stand up, okay? (laughs) I know that's right, yes. Basically, in short, for real. Yeah. So, yeah. But I kind of, you know, these, 
these writers, these producers, these directors, Katori, they are awesome. So I could yeah. see it. I could see it coming. Yeah. Yeah, definitely on point. Really good episode. Really, like I said, right? So many relationship arcs that we saw. Um, men and women, women and women, men and men. <laughs> it was like, it kind of ran the gamut. So, you know, I think this kind of served as uh, um, maybe not a climax point, but it really set us up to understand what a climax could look like because all of these relationships could have some sort of dramatic turn that could affect the entire group and and kind of what is the outcome of these people that that their lives are all linked back to the pink so yes absolutely well we shall see yes we shall see but that is it for this week so we'll be back next week down in the valley so y'all stay tuned Indeed. Bye. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this Pea Valley review. Remember, it's Chuck Alisa yesterday, today, and tomorrow, y'all. See you next time down at the pink.